Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach. Today we have a special episode for you with Sarah Seneft, a native of Pennsylvania, came down to Spring Hill College to play and then has now found herself in a coaching role as the head beach coach at Spring Hill College. Uh, Happy New Year's to everyone and we hope you enjoy this. Sarah, how are you? Good. How are y'all doing? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, Sarah, I think the question on everybody's mind uh, is going to definitely be, how do you say your last name? Seneth? Uh, it kind of sounds like there's an I between the N and the F. But... Okay. And is there, a, is there a hard T sound or no hard T sound? Yeah, a little bit hard T at the end, Seneth. Like, Seneth? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's always, you know, nobody's ever screwed up Colin Wilson, so I'm not always used <laughs> to having to explain it, but I imagine you've had to spend many a year of your life telling teachers and substitute teachers how to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, or is this a common name up in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is common in our area. Um, I grew up near Gettysburg, so there's a lot of Senefs. It's a German name. Um, and then when I came down here my freshman year, no one could ever announce it when they'd announce us for indoor in our lineup. So I somehow got coined the term snuff because everyone say sniff, sniff, and then everyone's like, it sounds like snuff. So that even now is still, some people call me coach snuff. So around Spring Hill, snuff ended up just being what Senef turned into. Gotcha. So if you're in the Mobile area, ask for snuff, don't ask for uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that brings up a great point of how the heck you got down to Alabama from Pennsylvania. Um, probably not a natural pipeline. No, it just... Uh, Spring Hill started beach in 2015. So they were one of the first schools and I graduated in 2016. I was looking, I was like, oh, like we played, I had played Pottstown growing up and like I played some doubles, but not a whole lot. Um, more grass with the East Coast volleyball, but I really enjoyed it. Like I was a six rotation right side. And so I really liked the game of doubles that you got to touch the ball pretty much every other time and really had control of the game. So when I started looking at schools, I was looking, I was like, okay, I really like indoor I really like the doubles. Like I, I would like to try beach. I'm not really sure if I'd be good at it or what exactly that would look like. So when I was looking at schools, I was trying to look at schools that I could do both in, um, especially as I started to really narrow down my choices. And I really wanted to go somewhere warm. That was my other thing. Uh, get out of the cold. And if I really don't like it, then I can always go back. But I want to try something else. Um, so that really just led me to Spring Hill. And they have a really good science program. I want to be a pharmacist at one point in my life. So I have a health science degree. So I came down here and when we were touring the campus, it's beautiful. And they have a really, really good pre-med and science program. So just kind of ended up. And then I was able to do both sports, which is something I really liked and grew to really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, being a, uh, a legal drug dealer, as we used to call them, is kind <laughs> of a tough, um, tough major to do, especially as a dual sport athlete, right? Because you you wind up having to do so many lab hours in the springtime. I remember Carly Schneider at South Carolina, like and she was really good. And she's in the lineup all four years or five years. Cause one of them was COVID, but like by that fifth year, right. She was at practice like once a week, I think. And it was just really hard. So props to you for even giving her to go. Um, as I like to joke with my family, right. They always ask like, Oh, how did you get into coaching? I'm like, well, I fell in with the wrong crowd. Right. And I, I kind of went down this dark path and, decided to become a coach um how did it end up for you what was the catalyst for you being like you know what 
let me get into this thing. Let me take over at Spring Hill. Just really good luck, like good timing. Like when I was graduating, like I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then COVID was my senior year. So then it kind of gave me more time because we could come back for the extra year. And um, I was able to get my master's, me and a few of my other teammates. So it kind of gave us more time to like figure out what exactly we wanted to do. Because um, I was starting the interview for like jobs with medical sales or different things. And then at that time, Sean Taylor, the coach at Southern Miss, he was leaving. Um, he left before my senior year of beach started. He left after indoor season. So we kind of had one coach come in and then COVID hit and then she left and went somewhere else. And then the next year we still didn't really have a beach coach. Um, coach Amanda came in and she was an indoor coach. Really knew the indoor game was really good with the mental health side of things too. Really did a lot of stuff for our team that kind of opened our eyes that we never really did before. And then she left, she was eight months pregnant when she was coaching us. So she had two uh, kids already and then she just had her third kid. Um, so it just kind of worked out that I was graduating that year and Coach Mara was like, hey, is this something you could see yourself doing? And I was like, yeah, like all these other jobs I'm interviewing for, I don't really, they were in logistics or sales. And I was like, I don't really, like I need to get a job. So it just really just worked out um, with timing that, and she gave me the opportunity to start. So. Yeah. And you get to work with Peggy Martin, right? She's a legend of the game. Um, how does that kind of work for you coming in as, somebody who's been in her program so you kind of know the the ins and the outs but like you know sometimes it can be a little intimidating and also sometimes it can be like well this is how things are done here at this program yeah definitely helped knowing how she wanted things done and her expectations for how things were done and what she liked when we were traveling and on the road um also just kind of getting to learn from her and also getting to learn from coach uh sean he helped a lot and i think they kind of were a little bit different like and how they ran things and they both worked like our beach season, our indoor season, both ran smoothly through them. So getting to take stuff from her and stuff from him and kind of put it into what I think. And I kind of think I'm in between both of them. So I think that was cool. Kind of develop my own style, but be able to use both of everything I learned from them and from coach Amanda when she was here. So. Yeah. yeah. Was Sean doing any like crazy endurance stuff when you were playing for him or was he, uh, was he too encumbered with, with all sorts of time, right? I, I've kind of gotten to know Sean just through recruiting and um, obviously kept up with his Ironman training out there uh, in Chattanooga when he ran it. And then uh, he helped me run a marathon this past, earlier this month. Um, and so I've kind of gotten the idea of how crazy he can be in terms of activities. Was he doing that at Spring Hill? Yeah, oh, that's crazy. He was doing a lot of CrossFit. So we, some of our workouts would be like CrossFit workouts, which were fun and intense and something I know I, I never had done some of our players have done CrossFit, so they were like used to it, kind of knew the gist, but did a lot of that. And then we went to Kansas one time recruiting with him, and he was kind of training at that point. It was like when I first got the job, we went up there, and I don't even know how far we biked, but I just remember being like, we haven't been turned around yet. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, we have to have a sound good energy drink. But he was like, going, he's like, come on. I was like, I thought this was going to be like a fun bike ride, but it was super intense, and it ended up being really fun. But yeah. He started doing, I think, that when we ended, and we could do a lot of CrossFit stuff with us. Do you carry that tradition on? Do you do you do crazy activities to inspire your players? We do some stuff, not not quite as much, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of the most unique things, right, that you kind of brought up, and we've talked a little bit about, is that um, at Spring Hill, you're also in charge of kind of the strength and conditioning portion of your team's development. Um, what's that been like wearing the beach hat, indoor hat? strength coach hat recruiter hat like how's that uh how's that been for you it's been good i feel like i've learned a lot like 
I do some works on my own, but just getting to learn from other people in the area too. Like there's a small group that plays volleyball and there's um, one guy, Michael Wynn, that is a personal trainer. So I think leaning on him being like, hey, how would you run this? What do you think? Um, how would you set this up? So kind of outreaching some stuff because I'm not an expert in some of it and kind of getting their opinion. I think every year it changes. Like I think our strength training this year was a little different than last year and just kind of evolving with it and changing as it goes on. And then listening to y'all's podcast and some other coaches talk about what they do or how they incorporated it, just kind of just keep adding different things and changing it as we go and kind of getting their opinion of what we like, don't like. Like I know what I liked as a player, but I think for some of our players, it's a little different. Like Mikhail Bourne, our team loves a power lift. So <laughs> what the workout she wants to do is going to be different than someone that has never lifted before and trying to incorporate that all into something that everyone can do. Yeah, this is like part of the fun of being a, a first time head coach, but then also having the dual program piece, right? Like obviously uh, at Southeastern, right? Jeremy's had how he's done things. Um, and now I'm kind of taking over the beach and it's a great breeding ground to like experiment a little bit and try to see like, okay, I think this is going to work, right? I've got some decent experience that says that this might happen. Um, and then actually going out there and applying it and then having to be like, okay, that didn't work. We, we kind of adjust. Um, was there any big, like, uh, oh, uh, that's not what I meant to do, but it sounded good at the time, uh, from early coaching. Yeah, I think. I can look at it as last year, like the first year I was just kind of getting my feet on trying to figure out like what we, what I wanted to do. And then last year, I think we went really hard in the beginning of our season and I maybe took the fun away from it a little bit, I would say, or at least from my perspective. And we have a lot of indoor girls coming over. So I think the big part of it is making it fun for them, letting them enjoy it. Cause I know when I was in school, beach was always the more relaxing part. And that's kind of where we got to have fun. If we win games, being in D2 school, playing mostly D1s, like that's awesome. And if we don't, like we're going to put our best effort out there. I think last year we put a lot of pressure on ourselves from the year before. Um, and I wish maybe I would have handled that better, made it a little more fun and lighthearted. But I think that's something I'm looking at going into it this year and having a young team, how I'm going to incorporate it and change it um, to hopefully lead to success this year. Yeah. Don't worry about winning games third weekend, by the way. You don't need to. <laughs> Yeah. Do, do you see like you had a couple different coaches and you mentioned like you've learned from different your your indoor coach and from Sean on the beach. Do you see yourself in practices or during a game where you say something and you're like, holy cow, that, that was that was that coach right there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think about Sean all the time because of being like an only coach and like trying to watch sometimes when we go at like ABCA championships, there's all five courts are playing at the same time and there's only one of me and trying to think of, okay, when I'm going up to this court, sometimes I don't always have the knowledge. Like I haven't watched much of the game, so I don't really know. And I think back then when he'd come up to us and like, it has to be pretty open-ended because like trying to figure out what to say and how to say it. And like, you don't want to step on anyone's toes because you don't haven't watched as much as their game. So just really trying to work out. Um, and I feel for him when he would come up to us because like, I think being in his shoes now, like it's so hard trying to coach all like five teams and, like give the best and like try and pick what pair you want to be at and who you think you can help the most. Um, it's really challenging and something that like I give him a lot of props for that. I don't think my team always did it when we were players. Yeah. And how would you describe yourself as a coach? If you're, you're taking all these different styles from different people, what, what would, what's the recruiting pitch? I know you get this from recruits. <laughs> what, what's the style that Sarah has? I think laid back, like I want to involve you to your best you um, and it's going to be different for everyone. So we're not looking for a cookie cutter player like we don't have. We want you to work hard and 
be really good teammates. You know, being a Division two school, we take academics very seriously. Like, you have to want the academic part. I know I went there because I want to do health science. And now all my friends, a lot, we have a lot of pre-med. So now they're all starting to graduate. Like, they're PAs, vets. Like, it's pretty crazy. We had an alumni game, and they all came back. And it was cool for our players to get their anchor. Like, I was like, okay, if you're, like, we have a lot of freshmen that are in pre-med, like, you should talk to these players. Like, this is something, like, they did. They went through. They did what y'all are doing. They did both sports. Um so I think we're just trying to involve you into your best person. And as like a whole, like our school's motto is cure personalis, which is mind, body, spirit. And you can see that on part of our campus um, where you can see all those aspects. And we just really take part in that. Like we want to evolve you as your complete person. We want you to want the school for everything it has to offer, not just the volleyball. Yeah. It, being an alumni, right. And somebody that did do both also, right. You've got to provide such a fun perspective I used to know that like my uh, my big thing at, at Southeastern or at Coastal is that I've done uh, too much research on my school and so I know all the silly little stories like I know how Chauncey the Chanticleer came to be at Coastal Carolina um, I know that Hammond Louisiana was the uh, shoe factory for the southern states prior to 1865 <laughs> like right I get known for those fun facts you've got to kind of come by those naturally do you ever look at like, oh yeah, that's where uh, that's where everybody pretends to do homework during spring break, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Yeah, I think, and there's uh, spring has so many little, just little things that it has. Like, there's a place on campus that if you walk under, like you may not. It says you won't graduate if you do it before graduation. So just like, I think giving the campus tours to players becomes a lot easier because I know like a lot, and I have gone through it and can answer a lot of their questions too. If they for indoor, like when they ask questions about Coach Martin, like I played under her, I'd kind of know how they answer and I think that's what makes working with coach Mar really good because I can kind of be the younger side like I can help them like talk about like what they think about school logistics when we're traveling like all that stuff um and she kind of handles the volleyball side of like what she expects with indoor so I think it works really well and with academics because that's really important so talking with them about academics and how it's run and I know a lot of professors too so when we have issues that's also nice to have kind of had them when I was in school do you ever go into them and be like, listen, you were never this hard on me. I don't know why you're being this hard on Peggy Sue over here, right? <laughs> no, our professors are really good. They're like really work with us. Um, and we get everything done on time. Like we take a lot of pride in that. So we really don't have any issues. And a lot of them come to our games, which is really awesome. Like Dr. C is our favorite. Like he's our biggest fan and he teaches. He's our uh he teaches a bunch of pre-med classes and a bunch of our players have him. And he will even write us sometimes, be like, your players are doing great. Like this is what they got. So our, they do a really good job. Most of our players are getting good grades, and our professors are pretty awesome. Yeah, you working get, with us. You guys had a really good uh, fall GPA, I think I saw on the socials. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I want to say it was, was a, it was something three six one or something or three five nine. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, we have a lot of really really good students. They do a really good job keeping up with everything, um, and we have a lot of pre med and biology and nursing students. So they do a really good job and a lot of them want to continue on their education so they know they have to maintain these grades that's that's super impressive and also spring hill i this is just through my research it's been rated in the top 10 prettiest campuses in the country for the last how many years now <laughs> it's been a while yeah we keep seeing all those articles yeah it's a really beautiful campus like getting people and it's a lot bigger like everyone lives on campus which is a lot different than a lot of schools uh, but I know from being from Pennsylvania and being really far away from home that I like that everyone was on campus like all the time. Like you never really felt by yourself. Like people were there and there's always activities going on. Um, 
but just walking and graduation is beautiful. We have this beautiful avenue that's called Avenue of the Oaks and they said graduation up there and it's really a really beautiful site. That's awesome. Uh, something that I'm not totally sure of, right? Some private schools require it, some don't. Did you have to take any theology classes when you were going to Spring Hill? Yeah, we had to take, you have to take two, you have to take a lot because it being a Jesuit liberal arts, you have to take a lot of like different psychologies, philosophies. They want you to be really well-rounded. Um, you have to take two theologies. One um, is about Christianity, so it's a little more where a Catholic school. And then the second one you take, you can take a continual, like a, a Christianity two, or like I took world religions. They have like way of Zen. So they have Buddhism. They have different classes too that if you want to learn, you don't have to take. It's not, they want you to be well-rounded. So they do, they offer other classes. Like world religions was pretty cool and Dr. Gilmore, we'd meditate a lot. Like it was a fun class to have. So uh, were you, you said it's a Jesuit school? Yes. Okay. So I went to, I went to a Jesuit high school and um, one of the most fun things for me was like, yeah, we had the one like required Catholic course. We had Hebrew Christian scriptures, which was like, Hey, read the, essentially read the front half of the Bible. <laughs> um, but then after that, they let you take whatever you want. And there was, so the classes I wound up taking was world religions like you and um, our teacher, he would bring out like, uh, a stool that we could meditate on or, or essentially and it was like i'll never forget most flexible my ankles have ever been <laughs> because you're sitting like back on your you're sitting your toes are flat on the ground and then your butt sits back on your heels and that's like the best quad slash ankle stretch <laughs> you'll ever have in your life um yeah. and then i got to take problems of faith which was essentially an entire argument of why God might not exist from the Catholic church. And I was like, this is the craziest. I've never been in a place that's like actively working against itself, but that challenging of thought, right? Like, Hey, mm -hmm. this is the thing that we've always said should be and exist. But like, do you think about why? <laughs> think about why it might exist. And I, it's probably a big basis for how I coach now of like, Hey, can we challenge the norm? Can we, can we mm -hmm. consider that something might not be, exactly the way it's been told did that i mean obviously you probably took it at a less concentrated realm but are anything like that come from your schooling yeah i think i mean a lot of it like my favorite classes were actually philosophy like when i was like my junior year I was like should i be a philosophy major i don't know what i can really do with that but i really like these classes we had like a philosophy of human nature um and it was nice with our teammates like we would go back and have these like we'd all have classes together and we'd have like philosophy human nature and we'd like go back after me the catholic arguing about like different points or what we thought um so i think that goes a lot in coaching and like talking to our my players and figuring out like what is working what do they think what would they think would be better and just kind of having that open discussion and knowing that they can say what they're like it's free like we can say what we want and we can argue and it's not going to be hostile it's not going to be one shoe fits all like it's open for discussion yeah. Do you wind up holding like Socratic uh, conversations with your team, right? Are you just bringing them in the circle and then everybody gets a voice? How does that go for you? Uh, we A lot of bus rides we get, we'll talk about different things. We're really into riddles. So we'll like, someone will be in charge of the riddle and then we'll all be guessing. We're like, ah, that doesn't make sense. And we'll have different riddles or people will bring different games. And we like playing games a lot. So we'll play a lot of games on the road and different card games in the lobby which I think is really good because we're still, we're all super competitive, but it's another way for us to bond. Yeah. Our team does the riddles too on the bus. And <laughs> as soon as it happens, I have to put my headphones on. Like it just frustrates me because I can never get them. Wait, are these like the, the, can you guess the rule games? That, so we done some of those. Is that kind of what you guys are talking about? Like, uh, 
an apple can get on the bus but a banana can't or whatever yeah stuff like that frustrates me or the one that really got me was some player was like i can build a bridge from here to here but i can't build a bridge from there to there and like you have to figure out why you and why you can't build bridges and i was just like just build the bridge or just walk like i don't know i don't know i'm out yeah, it's not until you, your team starts running the same, uh, the same like riddle rules back and forth that I, I start to get them. Like the first time I'm lost and our freshmen are always lost. And then by the second bus ride, I'm like, all right, I know that they're going for this rule because that's the, they always start in the same spot. Um, that's You're the people it. in the back that are like, nope, not doing this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Silly, always like, I'll put earbuds in. It's funny. Yeah. It's so much more fun when we all participate or like heads up. You guys ever play that one with your team? You like hold the thing, the phone in your head and you, your team's got to try to give you all of the, uh, all the words that aren't that word. So you can guess yeah. it. Oh, like this year we did a scavenger home for Halloween this year, which was really fun around campus. So they had like different clues. Like I really like survivor. Um, so I like watch a lot of that. So our team, it was so funny, like seeing them run around campus and like their costumes, and they like would read it and they'd be in the cap, just like looking under tables. Um, they had a blast doing that. It was like fun watching them go around campus, but we'll do a lot of that stuff too. And so, yes. A lot of them really like that, and they're really competitive. So that was that was probably my favorite moment of this fall is that scavenger hunt. Have you ever considered signing up for Survivor? That feels like something you could be right. Yes, I really want to do that. I'm going to apply, so we'll see. That would be, yeah, something I'd really want to do. I bet you we could find 18 to 25 college volleyball coaches. That would be game to jump in Survivor. <laughs> Who, who would be our top picks? Like, who are the top picks of people that are going to join Survivor from the college coaching ranks? Obviously, you two, Sean. I, I got Sean. I yeah. got money on yeah. Sean. <laughs> You're trying to form an alliance quick. Yeah. <laughs> who else is just like survival mode uh, gets it done? I feel like we talk about her enough that she would probably win just from the political side as Beth because like everyone loves her and no one would vote her off. So Beth Van Vliet has to be on that. Um, Fisher's got to be that, like resourceful enough to make something happen. Yeah. Um, oh. That's that's definitely a great pick. I also think uh, my old head coach out in Northridge, Noel Rook. I think she would be a hoot to have on Survivor. Um, she she's just like got so much energy. I have no doubt that she would spark all of the shelter <laughs> building and that kind of deal. Um, what I can tell you is I will not be signing up for Survivor. So uh, as much as I, I will enjoy watching. I will run an entire bookie operation of people <laughs> bet on which of their volleyball coaches are gonna, are gonna Make survive it. each week. Um, I'll hold the whole fantasy league. It'll be a great time, but um, I'll, I'll miss you guys for those whatever six weeks that you're on the island recording the show. That's good. Well, let's let's get back to it, uh, Sarah. Let's go back to your playing days. We've talked a lot about classes and different playing styles. What what are your favorite memories from on the court or on the sand that you have um, from playing days? Because you had a really remarkable career, and you might be one of the first people ever to graduate with nine varsity letters, not just four or five, but nine of them because you had that extra year of COVID. So t tell us a little bit about your playing days. Oh man, let me think. I mean, one of them was my when Coach Martin broke her broke the all time winning record. Um, we were playing Mississippi College. We were at Mississippi College and we were down like it was the fifth set and it was like fourteen eight or something like not good. We were like, oh man, like we really blew this one. Like she just got to wait another game. 
Um, and then Michaela Boyer was a freshman at that time. And she's going back to serve. And we're all like, man, hopefully she gets it in. Like, doesn't miss. And we end up coming back to win that game, like 16-14. Like, we go in, like, I guess a seven-point run. We end up winning. And that was something that was really cool because that was the first time that year with that class because we had a bunch of underclassmen, too. We had I had nine people graduate with me that played. Well, I've also my class stayed through like we were start to finish, but Michaela was new that year and was starting to get a starting lineup. So that was, I think, a really cool moment for her and for us to kind of get bonded with her. And she really stepped up to the plate, which was awesome to see. To see. Um, and then my COVID year for beach, um, we ended up getting second again. And that was our first year we got second. So prior to that, we had two thirds um we never could just break through like that round to get to the finals we we kept losing like two three we lost to kingsville my junior year two three and then COVID hit my senior year then my covid year when we went um we were playing pba and to get in and prior to that play we that we always lost to them uh, we only ever see them at the abca every year we play them we lost and that was a really big win for us as a team and just sitting on the court. It always came down to our threes court that year. Just every time we played our threes court, it was like all us would be watching. And it came down to that moment. I think they ended up winning like 16. It was some close game, like 16-14 or 15-13. Um, and then that like punched our ticket to get to the finals, which was something we never achieved before. So that was a really awesome experience. I know we were all so excited and three of us came back. And I wish I wish all of us would have came back because we had eight that played the years before that when COVID cut, cut short they they had plans so they ended up graduating and not coming back but that was a really awesome experience darn jobs always getting yeah I know right we're like can't you postpone it you're gonna work forever yeah, um, yeah exactly one more year yeah. yeah yeah but that was really cool and then my first year coaching we went back to the same spot um we lost to Kingsville they we beat them early in the year and then we lost to them in our pool we received above them and lost um 3-0 like we didn't win a game we did not play well being a first year coach I was a little nervous like oh man like what can we do like we're about to turn around have to play PBA right away because we lost this game um and that was nerve-wracking and then that came down to PBA had a really good ones paired with Jasmine um our ones and twos got be pretty bad so we all went we're watching the fours the threes fours and fives and we end up winning at the fours and fives in the third set like 16-14 like 17-15 to put us into the semifinals to keep us in the gold bracket. So that was a huge win. And then after that, we went and played Concordia Irvine the next day. So we made it in the gold bracket. Um, and went and played Concordia Irvine. It came down again to our, it came down to our ones and our fours. Um, and they ended up winning 21-19 in the third set and like 16-14, which is another huge win. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then Tampa ended up losing, who's one of our biggest rivals. And we're like, okay, like we can do this. It's our year. Um, and then we ended up losing in the final again. But that was a really cool memory, just watching us battle, like winning that Thursday, like 21-19, just staying there. Like both teams, I mean, had like incredible saves and just like getting to watch it and getting to watch. We had a senior in our fives that never played until that year that I was pretty close with. And it was cool watching her just like grow throughout the years. So that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Tampa is your guys' biggest rival, huh? Indoor and beach? It seems want- that way. Yeah, we always get matched up with them. We're always going there. Um, and then, yeah, we always see them in beach. So yeah, yeah as D2, of right now, the D2 regional model for indoor is tough, right? Cause that, that Florida region just, you like even Barry, right. Can come out and have a great year. And you're like, 
Awesome. Uh, Nova Southeastern, right? Not a bad Yeah. squad and you're one of playing the same regions, all of them. You're like, you're probably sitting there going, could we get our own region? I'll play King. I'll play King up in Tennessee every year if that's what it requires. Stop <laughs> yeah, sleeping it's something. in Tampa. And yeah, our conference for indoors it it's growing, but um it's not cause the sunshine's so strong, so you know, not getting to play those teams until the regional is struggling. You get there and you're like, whoa, like this ball's coming a lot faster than before. And um yeah, and Tampa's was so good this year. Um And everyone in that region, I mean, any draw is going to be a tough draw. Does um does the sunshine have six beach programs yet? I don't think so. Barry's adding it um, this year, or I think next year will be their first official start, but they're playing this year. Uh, Barry, Tampa, PBA. I heard rumors that Nova, is it Nova or Lynn might be adding it, but I'm not I'm completely sure on that. So I don't think they have six yet, but they're getting pretty close with Eckerd. Well, St. Leo. So I think they're at five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think there was talk that when they get the sixth, when you guys get the sixth team, they will want to uh, earn an auto bid to NCAs because it's part of right. It's like uh, it's like the D one D two model for men's indoor, uh, right? It's all the same, and, and they want to earn a bid and stop doing the not stop doing the small college championship, but like ha giving at least Yeah. one program an opportunity to go. play for the Yeah, that's national championship and get that exposure. Um, that'd be awesome. are you in any of those conversations? Right, Sarah, are you, you got any insider <laughs> heard it I here do that. first? I Coach do that. Zimmer. Yeah, I heard it here first. I was like, that'd be yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. I know. Well, we're surrounded by a lot of NAI schools, so I know they have like all their conferences, like we We were NAI and Mobile, like that they have their championships. But no, that'd be pretty. That'd be awesome if that were to happen. I know I had talk about with Tusculum and with um, yeah, like the Tennessee schools talked about wanting to start a conference. Um, I mean, but just with us with travel, it makes kind of more sense for us to just stay down here playing all y'all than to travel that far up there. But yeah, that'd be really awesome if that were to happen. Yeah, put something together. You just need to find six schools, right? Or five plus you. Yeah. And you maybe you can hop in the uh, sunshine That's if you what want. I'll say. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty awesome if that were to Oh, happen. That's what we're going down there to play this year, which we haven't in the past. Um, I think that would be really good for us. We're going down the PBA, and it's like us, Tusculum, Tampa, Eckerd, uh, Barry. There's the five of us. I'm be missing one. St. Leo was supposed to go. I don't know if they're still going, but that would be pretty cool to kind of get to see all of us in one weekend get to play. Like we host a tournament that all the D3 schools come to. down in Gulf Shores that seems um it's pretty cool they get to play each other before the ABCA so it's nice that PBA is putting that on and that we're getting to go there and kind of see where we stand two weeks before the championship Yeah, while you're down there, you should rub some elbows and see if uh, yeah see if like Spring Hill into the to the Sunshine Conference because ultimately, yeah right, it's kind of what we're all we're all fighting for that auto bid opportunity, right? As many chances as we can, and I don't think I think losing the CCSA is probably hurting our sport a little bit right now. Obviously, adding the Big Twelve is going to be awesome, um, right? That's going to be a great MPSF kind of filling in that Pac-12 spot is. These are all good things, um, but we don't want to lose any momentum. Uh, we are adding programs, which is great. Losing conferences is less great, so <laughs> let's try, <laughs> try to keep adding. Um, and I, I think it'd be great. I mean, I play, I've played you guys uh, this past year, obviously, and then I play Tampa pretty regularly and uh, Gary at Kingsville. And like, it's not like you're not playing the same sport, right? It's not like there are some cases where you're like, okay, if. If Texas were to play, you know, 
maybe PBA or something like that and indoor. Mm-hmm. That's probably mm-hmm. not the same. Vibe. Yeah. But in beach, we're all very close, right? It's not like mm-hmm. it's one it's not like UT Martin is that far off from what you guys or Tampa or PBA is doing. Yeah. Um, and so creating an opportunity to to grow that sport. Did you guys uh, get an invite to that, to the fall, AVCA fall championship? We did last the year before. So if you finish in the top four, you get to take a pair, um, which the, the year before we did, which is, we didn't really have, this is the first year we had, we had eight beach players this year, which is the most we've ever had. Normally we have three or four. So it's kind of exciting in the fall to have more players that felt like we could do a lot of practice and really work on everyone's skills getting better. And we get more playing time than we have in the past. So, yeah. How did that go with like talking to the team and and creating that environment in the fall, right? As you being the only beach coach and then there only being, you know, a small staff on the indoor side, Hey, we want to give this opportunity. How did you kind of balance that all out? Um, well, we have a lot of, like our indoors is set time. So for beach, we've always just worked around the indoor schedule in the fall. And then the spring it's opposite, but indoor works around our schedule. Um, I think our, and our girls know, like if I'm away, like traveling, like they do a really good job of just going to play pickup or um, working out. And they kind of know like, this is their time to get better too. So they need to take advantage of it. Cause when the indoor kids come, it's, they want to start too. And the beach kids want to start. So just everyone, them using their opportunity in the fall um, to get better each time. And um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just know it was right for me trying to make sure that our 12 beach only athletes had that same experience. um, Right. And got the opportunity to kind of compete in that fall time. It took, it took some finagling for sure. I mean, there was a, there was a week that we were playing, our indoor team was playing at Houston Christian and at Texas A&M Commerce. um, And it was kind of one of the only weekends that we could get another beach competition in. And so we wound up being like, I'll coach the commerce match and then I'll get in a rental car and drive from Houston to, to Hammond and then get a 15 passenger van and drive the team from, from Hammond to new Orleans for two days. Right. And it's like, you know, it's making sure that we give them this, the opportunity to be as successful as possible. And it's hard, right. It's, it's not easy to balance. There's a certain number of hours in a day. Um, Last I checked, you're a human being as well. So you probably have things that you like to do that don't include coaching volleyball. Um, Yeah, our our compliance director, um, Mr. Chad LeBlanc, he did a really good job this year. He was in charge of taking them. So we we came to Gulf Shores. We were away for indoor. Um, So he, our athletic department worked out that he was able to take them there. And then we came to Coconuts and play because it is, I do want to give them experience. Um, So he did he was pretty awesome that he was able to take them to coconuts too. Um, and we have some pretty awesome parents there that will feed us and host us. And I think, I mean, he had a great time. He was like, this is awesome. Um, but I was really thankful that he was able to take them there and they were able to get experience. And I was able to come down. Like we got back on that Saturday from indoor and I drove down Sunday to watch them play the rest of the time at coconuts. Um, but yeah, just trying to work all that out with the indoor schedule. And um, thankfully he was able to do it and that our department made something work that they still were able to go and compete. Yeah, supportive parents and then supportive, uh, I guess, support staff is the easiest way to, to describe it. But it's like we had Mr. Tom Dossie, right, the, the man who runs uh, North Oaks Park where our beach courts are. And I called him up and I go, listen, I need I need a driver in a bad way. And he goes, yeah, man, drops everything, comes, drives our team down to Coconut, uh, right, helps out in just all these little amazing ways. And it's 
it's not in his job description, right? It's not mm-hmm. like it's something they're required to do, but it's really awesome. And I think it's really great for our student athletes to see people that care about them that aren't just mm-hmm. us. We're expected, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they would yeah. hope that the three of us are are doing all we can to help them. But to see somebody that doesn't really have any skin in the game, you know, be a, a wanting and helpful supporter. And then mm-hmm. parents are always pretty great. Uh, yeah. It's nice having families that are local-ish or at least travel really well if they're not local-ish yeah. um, to come and support. I know Michael came to our place this past fall. And uh, and the joke was that there might be more Monroe people there than <laughs> than Southeastern. Now it helps that his team was double our size. There's <laughs> as many athletes on the court. Um, but yeah, no, I mean your families came and right set up this great spread and like that's that's something that I think is pretty special about volleyball and beach volleyball in general is mm-hmm. like the the community that kind of gets around it. Right, it's like a football tailgate, um, but you know instead of ten thousand people, it's a hundred yeah 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 yeah, (laughs) no you you've mentioned a couple times about the makeup of your team this year and I was going through your roster kind of looking at everything I like to keep track of everyone's roster um and you guys have 13 listed freshmen with your four redshirt freshmen and then you have 26 on your roster that's that's a pretty big roster this year yeah yeah well for us I mean I'm we get we recruit players that want to play both sports and if they don't we're like well you're gonna get a lot more you're gonna get in better shape you're gonna probably have more fun you're gonna have less injuries so all our players do both sports some of them have and that's kind of been the struggle trying to figure out because some of them have lots of beach experience some of them have never played beach before and have no idea what it is so when trying to figure out practice and organize practices like how do i want to do this like i want to keep people that know what they're doing engaged and them continue to improving but also these people that have no clue what they're doing like i don't want them to get frustrated but we also have to kind of move at a quicker pace um, so that's some of our roster. Some of them have never played beach and they're kind of getting after we have a middle and some other players that I think will be great blockers once they know what they're doing, but it's probably going to take a year or two for them to know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, there, we have a lot of freshmen this year and it's pretty exciting, but just kind of getting them in the sand and letting them have fun kind of getting to see it since a lot of them, or at least half of them have never really played, have kind of played pickup, but not really for real. So kind of trying to make it fun for them, but also getting the other players the touches they need to get better and what they want to work on. Um, I think that will be challenging this year, but pretty fun. They kind of get to see players grow and develop. And for, we have a few older players with like Michaela um, and a few other seniors that I think will also kind of help them grow and show them the way and why they think Beach is great. So, Yeah, I think that's a very interesting relationship too, because you played with Michaela, yeah? And then, mm-hmm. like, just looking from the outside in, she looks like such a, a very well-versed leader. The team respects her. Like, when we when we played you guys last year, like, she kind of is pretty much in control. But then she also has that trust with you because you helped her get her start into college volleyball, and now you're her coach. So what is it like having a leader like Michaela? And then do you see other people kind of following in her footsteps, or how how is this molding process going with these younger ones? Yeah, and they uh, well, Megan, then she's roommate Lene, who's a lot quieter, who also plays. Um, they do a really good job of like helping, like just make it fun, like makes really good at making the game fun. Um, and so just having her around and kind of like showing them what to do or having if i'm working on one court i can always trust her 
And then I like, okay, y'all are going to go work on this drill in this court and I'm going to watch both. But I really want to work with this court and trusting that they're going to get it done. And that's kind of every year, like Astro Cassandra Fairley was a great leader. Like I've had players that I played with that when I was older that were freshmen, sophomores, that have done a really good job kind of continuing our culture and helping shape. Like if I'm working with these people, they know the expectations. They're going to make sure it's getting done on that court, um, which has been really helpful. Yeah, I think, Sarah, the biggest surprise to me from your roster was there's no Pennsylvania pipeline <laughs> going on. Why do we not have more hometowners? Um, I know every time I see a kid from Oregon in the, you know, sending me an email or something like that, I get like a little jittery. I get a little excited. I'm like, yes, somebody that wants to play from a place that I know very well. Yeah, I don't know. There's so there used to be a thing called Beach York. Um that I did growing up and I don't think he does as much anymore, but I really want to go back there and see, I think he does it maybe a week or two before Pottstown, kind of a lot of players come in and then he'll run it, but get to see, I know my club coach who he just retired now, he's doing something else. He, um, every time he has, he's like, ah, oh, they just don't want to go far away from home. They just want to stay here. I'm like, it's warm. Like, come on with it. Like, it's going to be great. But I think just finding the right fit and then wanting when we get the offers pretty unique, but that would be getting some Pennsylvania players would be pretty awesome eventually. Yeah, I've, yeah I've I say we all set up something and we go recruit Pottstown. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it this year. You're going this year? I think so. So it's, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's interesting because that's where, so like I had, I had Carly Ginther on our team at, at Coastal, right? She's a PA girl. Um, we kind of knew her because Angela Benson was living up in Philly for a little while, coaching mm -hmm. some beach. And then um, Sydney Schwanbeck, right? Her and her dad play Pottstown every year in co-ed, like A's. Uh, and then the Cleespees family, right? Chloe probably yeah. most notably played at Georgia State, um, but played at Toledo before that, right? They're a big, like, Pottstown. So I feel like, and then every year, a couple of beach guys win it, right? Bill Kalinske has, like, won Pottstown twice, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly a, a California beach guy. So there's got to be enough crossover there that we should go and at least justify um, our weekend playing Pottstown as a, as yeah. a recruit. That was actually yeah. the first place I ever got to see Phil Dolhauser play was at Pottstown. It was, it was back in the early days when him and his partner, whoever it was on the sand would come over and play grass and they would just kick everyone's ass and then just walk away with the trophy. But it was like, anytime he was playing the whole Pottstown Rumble would gather around their court. It, it was it was so cool. It was such a unique experience because he was he was just a phenomenal athlete. But yeah, I agree. Like I, I think there are some definite prospects that could come out of that grass. But like Sarah was saying, anytime I've talked to somebody from Pennsylvania, all they think about is beach volleyball. Um, they grew up in the snow. They don't know anything but the snow. Um, no, thank you. I'm just saying, Wapaka is too mainstream. So we got to find our own little grass, our own little grass niche where we can start recruiting. This is how we get our programs right up to that next level, guys. I'm just, we got to all find our thing. Not all of us, you know, we can't all play the same angle out here. So let's all start picking, uh, picking our own little, our own little angle. I think grass could be our thing. I'm down to, I'm down to keep it a secret with the three of us if you guys are. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Which means, Michael, we're gonna have to cut this entire bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, going back to you, where did you find inspiration? Not only in your coaching, but in your playing days. What what caused you to really love volleyball? I think just well, my mom played when she was younger, so she made me go. Like I did not 
want to do volleyball. I was like, I don't want to go in the gym when I was in seventh grade. And she's like, you need to do this. You're going to love it. And then she kind of forced it upon me. Then ever, like once I started playing, I loved it. Um, I had a great club coach who I ended up transferring and going to Delone Catholic, which was the high school he coached at. Um, and I had a really good class there. There was like, again, like five or six of us. And like, I loved all of them, like kind of, they kind of inspired me. And then we had some leaders too, that when I transferred in my sophomore year that were seniors, I kind of showed me the standard that I wanted to be at and how I wanted to perform that they ended up going to play at other places. And then doing the beach work, Hadley Schwartz and Bailey Hoffman that played at Louisiana Monroe, they were three or four years older than me. So kind of getting to watch them and watch them grow and watch what their game evolved to. And like, they'd come back and, you know, say how much I love playing beach. Um, I was like, okay, like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty awesome. And, um, and then once I got down here, just continuing to learn the game. Like once I graduated, I started going over to New Orleans to tra- Joey Keener to practice and kind of pick his brain and kind of what he likes to do, what he thinks is really good and continuing to grow. Like I think my knowledge of beach is still expanding so much. Like I still have so much to learn and, that's something that kind of inspires me. Like when I go over there, go to different places, like how can I get better? And I think it's really neat how much the game can grow and how much you can do. You mentioned you're, you're trying to learn from other people. Do you do any reading for your coaching style? Do you, do you watch any motivational tips on YouTube? Where are you getting your inspiration from other than the general population? What, what kind of advice can you give some of the listeners so that they can learn something? Because people tell me they learn stuff on here. Yeah, uh, I've listening to other podcasts and then reading books. I've been really reading The Confident Mind. I don't know if y'all have read that book, but that's been something I've been reading. And um, I listen to it too. And I think this year my team is going to listen to it. So when we're stretching and cooling down, uh, a lot of times we'll come into our highs and lows um, and what we want to work on. And then then practice, we're going to listen to that all year because I think that can help everyone. Um, from if you think you're the most confident person to, you know, some of our players that may struggle with confidence a little bit, especially in the third set. So that's a book recently that I've been really leaning on and using and I really like its tools. Um, so that's something I'm excited to try out this year because I think that can really help a lot of people on our team. And I know, like, I've felt like I never really had confidence issues, but I think just reading it, like the different things, like it makes so much sense to me and I'm a pretty logical, like to the point person and I can relate to it a lot. So I think it's a very relatable book for everyone, regardless of where you're at in your life. Yeah. Are you mostly a, a non-fictioner or you, do you ever dabble in fiction? I do dabble in fiction. So a few uh, players on our team have been lending me their books. So and I'm like, okay, if y'all have any, so on our bus trips, I'll read those, which has been good because some of the books I probably would have never <laughs> picked out. Um, but it's good reading their books. Then I really like, I mean, listening to y'all's podcast, Sandcast, like just kind of picking up. I walk my dogs for about half hour to an hour every day. So that's pretty much just listening to different podcasts while I'm walking them um, as they're pulling me down the street, <laughs> gets me through those walks. Yeah, well, that, I hear you. Thanks for uh, mentioning us in the same sentence as the Sandcast, the checks in the mail. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, no, I love that, that using the opportunity of like kind of being outside. I don't have uh, pets, but I did been running a lot lately right and so on those runs um i listened to a lot of armchair expert and it's really been a a fun kind of exploration in fact the book i'm reading right now is a is a fiction book called demon copperhead um and it's about like opioid addiction in appalachia and and that kind of deal but uh, it it's inspired because i listened to the author talk on a podcast and like i feel like it just gets my brain going 
in different directions, much the same way that like talking with you guys will, will kind of get the juices flowing of like, Oh, this is something I might want to try or think about. And, and I think having that opportunity to kind of just diversify or create range right in our expertise. Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually a great book, shameless plug for a book that I read maybe like four or five years ago, but range by, um, David Epstein is like uh, all about the idea of, you know, the people that often win the Nobel prize are in whatever that specific category is, are not the people that are experts in that field. So like physics is often won by a chemist, right? Mm -hmm. And like the guy that created the algorithm that made Google ads more specific and wound up making them the most popular search engine um, came from some guy in like a different department, right? It wasn't the, it wasn't the coders for ads. It was some other guy that saw the problem and then kind of opening up the idea, idea that like, Hey, we should actually like ship out these problems to people that aren't experts. It's like, we should ask tennis coaches about beach volleyball because they're going to be able to see things. And that's why I love indoor players coming out to beach and beach mm -hmm. players coming into indoor is because like you're going to see the game in such different ways um mm -hmm. like i don't know about you but attacking vision wise like indoor is really hard there's usually two blocks in front of me right there's four other people playing de defense it's like okay my limp my options are much more refined um and so taking that skill set out to the sand i think is super beneficial uh do you, do you notice anything like that like in that cross training that you're like, oh, this is something that I want to take from beach and bring over to my indoor team. Yeah, I think defense for pins is a big one. Like maybe for your outside that just plays the front row, you know, notice that like, oh, they're playing defense. Like they're going for balls, um, which has been really helpful for us. And yeah, then using that vision, being able to see the whole game a little bit better. But the, yeah, defense has been the biggest that we've really noticed that our outsides and even our middles that, you know, don't, they don't really get a whole lot of defensive touches maybe in the beginning of practice, but as we're scrimmaging, like, so them getting like those defensive touches and kind of being able to be well-rounded like this year, we had a lot of injuries. Um, so we had a lot of players playing different positions and every time we thought we figured it out, someone else would get hurt and then it would change again. Um, so I think them being flexible on beach, like having, you know, played at those roles, like made us a lot deeper than we even expected, which we were happily surprised with. Um, that was probably our, our positive part of this year was we were really sad about the injuries, but really happy with how everyone was able to change their roles and adapt. And we were thinking like a lot, I mean, Beach has a lot to do with that, that they were easily adaptable in whatever role they were in. Yeah, we found that a lot with our right sides on like solo blocks, right? So obviously in a double block, hey, stick to your, stick to your range, mm -hmm. stick to your zone. Solo block, throw it all out the window, give them some freedom. It's a lot like beach. Okay, you see them coming in this way, so go ahead and reach and take that ball away. And that was one of the really cool, like I saw it happening in indoor. I saw it happening a little bit in the beach in the spring, and now I'm like, all right, I can't wait to get this athlete back out on the beach in the spring and just keep almost like jumping one on top of the other, <laughs> one on top of the other. So it's it's pretty fun to watch that that kind of growth and development. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're eight weeks away from the first games kicking off. So, what can we expect from Spring Hill this season? What 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 are what are your fans gonna see? Well, I think we're pretty a pretty young team. Um, we graduated a lot of players, and we have some returning. But I think 
And we have some injuries too. So a lot of our starters are from last year are injured that they won't be playing this year. Um, so it's going to be young. We're going to be figuring it out. We're excited. Um, we're hoping to compete well at the ABCA championship at the end of the year. We're leading up to that preparing. Um, but I think it'll be exciting to have a pretty, a younger team, a newer team. Um, and some players that I've never, I have gotten to work with on the stand yet. So kind of getting to see, we're excited. I don't, you know, last year I thought I had a pretty good idea of what my lineup was going to be. A few things changed as the season progressed. This year I have no clue uh, at all what is going to happen, which is exciting, a little bit scary, but exciting. Um, so we'll see. Hoping to compete, hoping to be young, bring a lot of energy, especially with the younger kids that I hope they really get to enjoy it and don't put too much pressure on themselves and just work on getting better. Wait a minute. Now, before this episode, I thought you were telling me that you are going to win the national championship. I mean, we would like to win the national. I mean, that's our goal every year. So in the ABCA, I mean, two seconds and two thirds, we'd like to find that, that championship. Yeah. I, no, obviously, it's it's fun to it's fun to have that piece to work with, right? And to not really, honestly, right? This could be a year because you come in with no expectations, right? Yeah, we've got a young team got no clue what our lineup's going to look like we've got nothing to lose so we can go out there and we kind of play free and we can be free to experiment and try new things and understand okay hey this might not work um and it's something that like on the indoor side right you've heard kevin hambly talk about a lot he wants to lose in august and september he's like hey let's lose these matches right let's go play nebraska let's go play louisville wisconsin take your picks Right. And let's take some losses so we know what we've got to shore up when November and December comes around. Mm -hmm. Same thing, right? Hey, let's go out there week three, right? Let's throw out some random lineup against Southeastern and see what happens, right? <laughs> uh, and then slowly but surely, you can kind of piece it together. But make sure it's after week three, right? <laughs> post, post week three, you can, you yeah. can really figure it out. But no, I think it's exciting. And having young talent is going to be something that, mm -hmm. that I think is fun to work with as a coach like yourself and, and also probably being kind of the first crew of your recruited athletes mm -hmm. in, right so this is now now the Sarah Senef mark is making its way into Spring Hill program uh, from a coaching side not just the player side yeah just yeah we're excited we open opening weekend will be and it's always fun opening weekend because we usually go somewhere and play teams that are going to really challenge us like I I don't have a lot of expectations, but it's good for our girls. I've never played beach that they kind of get to see like, oh, this is the standard. Like we've been working. We think we've gotten better. But now this new level is set when we play these teams of, okay, we need to get a lot better because we had that preseason. By the end of preseason, we're like, okay, yeah, we're pretty good. Like I, I, you get that feeling like, okay, like especially the ones that are starting, like, oh, yeah. And you go and play those teams. You're like, oh, wow. Like, all right, we got to get a little better. Like, all right. And it's nice to do that. So you kind of keep leveling up as the year goes on. Yeah. No, that's good. And one of the last questions that we like to ask is, what do you want to see out of the NCAA beach volleyball moving forward? That's a good one. I think, I mean, just hoping it continues to expand. Being a Division II school, what y'all were talking about the automatic bids, like that would be awesome if a Division II school could get a bid or if there would be a Division II conference um, that would occur for us. I think just hoping it continues to grow, hoping more D2 schools continue to add it. It's pretty cool. Barry's adding it this year, and just um, McKendry just added like the just those schools. Emmanuel added it. Um, just hoping that this some Division two schools continue to add it on. Like I know we're a pretty good model. Like we use a lot of our indoor and beach budgets are kind of combined, and um, we let a lot of our indoor players play beach 
and it's done wonders for both of our programs. So we're hoping that more schools continue to add it and hopefully in the next five, there'd be a division two championship that we'd meet the 32, 33 team requirement um, to make it like a true NCAA championship. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see the Spring Hill Badgers. I'm going to get to run into you a couple times this year. Um, and then obviously the growth of, of volleyball in the not just Division One but Division Two level and all of us kind of promoting the same thing. I know for a little while there was a lot of stigma about playing those D2 schools because people were worried how it might look to admin if you were to lose to one of them. But I think um, as our sport continues to grow, and that competition level continues to increase, we'll, we'll be able to kind of keep things evening out until once again, like you said, D2 can be its own championship sport, right? And then we can keep growing the game in that way. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for being on and good luck this season. Thanks. Thank Sarah. you. Y'all too. Thanks so much for having me.